crazy person that duts around the world. Um, the concept of home, because this fucks me up, right? And it has had, has done for a while, because I left Manchester like over six years ago. You know, I was in the south, I went to London, I went back to the south, I went back home. I was in Auckland, I came here. Like when I was in Europe, I kind of dotted around a little bit and tried to see a few places and do a few things. But like home is always my city. But like I said, I don't know whether I'm ever going to go back in a sense of to live there. Like you, you don't know, right? You don't, you don't know what the future is going to hold. But what is, what is home to you? What is this concept to you? I think home is such an interesting and difficult thing to define, especially when you become a nomad and you start traveling around. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people become nomads because they don't really have a true definition of home. It's like a lot of the time they're questioning, okay, like, where do I belong? Because this is sure, this is the place I was raised in. So I'm supposed to call it home, but it doesn't really feel like my place of belonging. So then we go traveling around the world to find that place of belonging. And speaking from my own experience, I think as I've traveled more and more, it's like, it's a cliche, but home becomes more like, me yep it's home home is wherever I am and like I've felt that before in like relationships where it'd be like home is wherever I'm with you and then when you go through like heartbreak and you really have to learn how to be with yourself for me home is now inside of myself home is wherever I go um, but it's also a hard thing because when I'm meeting people along the way, they, they always ask, where are you from? Where's your home? And of course I say, I'm from Chicago, born and raised. And I would say, I say home is LA, California, because that's where I lived for the, for the last six years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, a, it's not a simple question. What mm. is home? Yeah. It like transcends from where to what right yeah it's like a, a place to like kind of an object or a feeling um or at least at least yeah. it is for me you know like I, I write about home a lot in the sense of what the fuck is this thing you know because i'm really scared of going home right going back to money and it feeling different like that scares the living shit out of me yeah yeah, there's something that people don't talk about enough is like when you do go traveling and then you go back home, the place that you're from. Yeah. Like that, that feeling of like reintegrating, like being mm. in this place that you used to be in where people knew you for the person that you were and like being able to like show up in that environment and feel comfortable still it usually like for me I, I notice every time I come back home it feels a little bit different like every single time I come back home it feels something feels shifted something feels different how has it been for you I've not made it home yet you haven't even gone home yet no not not in like two and a half two and a half years like when I was in the south of England obviously I'm you know I'm like a four three to five hour drive away so yeah I would I go visit home but it's, I found that home doesn't change. 
you know, the city doesn't change, the people doesn't right. change, the vibe doesn't change, it's exactly the same. But like okay. I've changed. Right. Right. So I go back and I'm like, oh, um, you know, action might be slightly different. Or, you know, people are kind of doing the same thing. Like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, well, well, I've done a few things since we last met and it's only been like a year, right? I was like, oh, I kind of went here and did this and did that. And then that didn't work out. And then I did this and whatever. It's it's really weird because you've kind of you kind of got like two options, right? You kind of stick out like a sore thumb in your home, which is a really strange feeling. Or you just like revert revert back to your own like ways and be like, cool, I'm just going to like forget about this nomad thing and just be the person I was like five, 10 years ago. And I can't do that, man. Yeah, it gets to a point where it's like too uncomfortable to like put on like the mask of who yeah. you used to be. I feel like when you travel, what happens is like you start like peeling the onion and you start to get to know who your true self is. Like not the self that was created based on like your community and what who, where you were raised, but who am I without all of that? Yeah. And so then once you kind of discover that, and I think we're always discovering that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you go back home, it becomes too uncomfortable to put on that old costume. Mm. So you said, you said it scares me to think about going back home. What do you think is so scary about it? Um, not feeling like I fit in in home. You know what I mean? Like I said, money is always, always going to be my home. Like I have it on my necklace of the, the emblem of my, my city. It's the worker bit, right? It's kind of like the vibe doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from. If you call Manchester home, you've got a certain demeanor about you and we kind of know the, the struggle, so to speak, right? Um, the thing that scares me is going home and, and not feeling like I fit in in the place that I fit in because I've, you know, I've, I've been to a few places and everywhere I go, I'm like, fuck, okay, I'm the alien here, right? I'm the weird person that looks a bit different, sounds a bit different, talk, you know, talks a bit different, says way too many swear words, but fuck it, right? Like, gets this the first one to get kicked out of places, you know? I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm really scared of going home and not being the same because I'll be like, where the fuck do I belong then? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I actually had a really deep conversation with my mom, not the one I just got off the phone call with. We started talking about all types of history and Vikings. It was really cool. But um, I had a really deep conversation with her maybe six months ago in the sense of we've not seen each other for like two years and it'll potentially be like three years by the time we've seen each other. And we've both done a hell of a lot of things and will have changed in a hell of a lot of ways. And it was a kind of like a, hey, we might have seen each other on FaceTime, right? We stay up to date, make sure you're doing okay, make sure I'm doing okay, whatever, great. But like, I'm going to have changed a lot and you're going to have changed a lot. So when we see each other again, like that might actually freak the other one out because the way I used to think is might be different. The way you used to think might be different. And then when we sit down and have these coffee chats like we like to do and just hash out and put the world together, right? Like we might be two separate people than mm. when when I inevitably left and she left and did a thing and I did my thing. And I find that scary. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, you know, scary. 
Yeah. There's something about like that comfort of like consistency and like yeah. things staying the same. It's almost like a childhood blankie. It's like, I just want this one thing to be consistent and to be the same, but like the truth is the only thing that's constant is change. change. Yeah. And so it's so interesting to me that, I mean, I fear it too. I fear like people changing around me or like growing out of friendships. Um, it's, it's like such a common fear yet change is constant. We're all always changing. And I think part of like the purpose of life is to change and is to evolve. And it is kind of sad when we grow out of like the person that we used to be and start like losing some of those old relationships. But it's also really cool and really special when you have the friendships or family members that like evolve with you or grow with you. Oh yeah. That's when you create some real connection, some real strong bonds. And you're like, look, man, I'm writing a story. You're writing a story that's somehow like intertwined, like some vines. We're making some cool shit and you can sit back nurse, nursing a whiskey, right. And a cigar. And you're like, remember that one time, you know, back in, I don't know, 1984 when we like, got lost with a couple of hookers or whatever, you know, some, some random ass stories. And I, I think that's what life's about, man. You know, creating these beautiful, wonderful little stories that we can relay on to people we've never met before people we've met who have changed with us and, and we can write them down and leave them on. I find it so like exciting. It is really, really exciting. And something that you were saying is like, going back home and like trying to explain to people all the things that you've experienced. It's like, it like they know you as one person and then being able to sit down with that person that knew you when you were in third grade, when you were like six years old or whatever. Mm. And trying to explain like all these things that you've experienced. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, (laughs) you share a coffee, you get a wine or whatever, you know, you just tell some stories. Like that's the point, right? You know, like you can go home and like, I, I wrote, I wrote something. I was like, oh, one day I will return home and I'll have a couple more stories to tell until exactly. then I'll keep on writing them. Yeah. Right. Ooh, and it's, so you just kind of that. do your thing, you know, come back, talk back. Hey, I don't know. One time I was in Nepal and, shit really hit the fan and you know we had to huddle like huddle like penguins to, to stay warm things got real weird you know don't think about anything pretty because it gets really awkward yes. you know and it's just funny stories you know like I think comedy um and storytelling and magic to be fair is a universal language yeah yeah I fully agree and those those the stories that happen when you're traveling, like you're constantly put in like uncomfortable situations because everything's new. Um, and and like the synchronicities, like the the crazy things that happen, the the like the things that those moments where like either all shit hits the fan and you're like, fuck, like why am I traveling? <laughs> or those moments where like everything comes together and you're like, oh my God. It's so crazy that like the universe somehow 
perfectly put all these things together just so that I would meet this one person. Mm. Tell us a story then. Because <laughs> you're well, you're out in like Peru. I'm in Peru right now. Fucking um, badass, man. Peru is so beautiful. Have it you is... done one of those sweat lodges? Um, I've done not in Peru. I did a, they're called Temescals in Mexico. Mm. Um, and I love those. They're very, very powerful. That's like so high up on my bucket list, bucket list, whatever that means. You haven't done one. No, no, no. I've never been to, um, like Central America. I've never been to South America, Asia. Like I've been Europe, Africa. And, and then obviously I'm down here in New Zealand, Australia. Well, you'll make it here one day. It's oh, so yeah. I'll get in a rubber dinghy and just kind of sail, you know? Yes. As I walk around in Peru, the only place I can compare, like, how much beauty there is here is I, I've been thinking about New Zealand, like, mm. where you just look around and you're like, oh, my God, it's just, is this real? Is it real? That's what I keep saying to myself. Wow. It's peace, uh, though, right? It's peaceful. It's so peaceful, especially um, I just got to Sacred Valley, um, which is an especially peaceful little town where a lot of nomads find mm. each other. <laughs> wow, man. So tell us a story. Like I'm fucking buzzing. I'm like a, a kid with cookies <laughs> and milk at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Well, I just think it's amazing. Like when I look back on my travels, the ways that people find each other at the right times. Um the first story that comes to mind is I went to India uh, by myself. I was in Australia. I read a book by Osho and it, it, it inspired me. All of a sudden I was like, I need to go to India. I want to get trained in Kundalini yoga. Um, but as you guys know, like India is pretty dangerous. It can be, especially as like a woman that's solo traveling. So I landed in India at like two in the morning and I remember just like praying as I was on the airplane, like, please, like spirit guides, if you're there, like, keep me safe, keep me protected. And, um, I was pretty just like scared when I got off the flight, I felt just very out of my comfort zone, especially it being like two in the morning. And I picked up my bag. I walked out of the airport and I was going to go to my hotel, but there's like hundreds of men standing outside that are trying to get you into your cab. And it, it's just like very overwhelming. Like everyone's like, get in my cab, get my, get my cab. And like traveling by yourself, you really have to sit with your intuition of like, this just doesn't feel good. And it didn't feel good. I felt very, very uncomfortable. I felt like everyone was getting way too close to me. Like I just didn't feel safe. And out of nowhere, this couple that I met in Australia on a scuba diving boat pop up and they're like, Michelle. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, we just arrived in India. Like, and so I ended up getting in a taxi ride with them and I felt so safe. And it was just like that perfect moment of, wow, thank you universe right. angels for being there. Because later when I did my yoga teacher training, I found out that like three people in my group 
in their taxi ride, um, like got money stolen from them or were like taken to the wrong places. Someone had to get out of the car in the middle of it. So it's just, I, I felt like at that moment, the universe, there was something higher that was helping me and protecting me and keeping me safe. How was the yogi training? The yoga training was unbelievable. I was in Rishikesh, Northern India, most beautiful place in the Himalayan mountains mm. with the Ganges rivers. It's beautiful. And just to be doing yoga every day for 30 days, I had never felt so crystal clear in my entire life. And that was when um, I got really just clear on my purpose and, and like my career and what, how I wanted to serve the world. What is your purpose? What is my purpose? So I haven't really introduced myself, but I'm a, Mishi is my nickname. That's what I go by. Um, I'm a spiritual psychology mentor and I'm an inner child healer. So I help women to heal inner child wounds as well as move through fear so that they can also live their soul aligned life because now I feel like I actually am really living my soul aligned life. Mm. That's <laughs> fucking awesome, man. Yes. It's very fulfilling. Wow. So if someone hearing that has no fucking idea what that means. <laughs> yes. Right. They're just like, what is this lady okay. about? Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. I'm gonna go get another like cup of coffee or something. Well how in layman's terms how would you break that down for, for someone who's blonde, has one brain cell, and it's taken up already? Yes. Okay. So spiritual psychology essentially is, I was trained in um, typical science-based psych psychological trainings, like gestalt and neurolinguistic programming. Um, but it's looked at through the spiritual lens. So it's looked at through the lens of we are spiritual beings that are having a human experience. And we've all come to, I call it like the earth school to learn, to grow and to evolve. So it's being able to mix that understanding of us as souls with tools of psychology. Um, being able to, you know, tune into the body and understand if your body is in fight or flight mode, and then also be able to apply that to understanding ourselves as a spirit. Does that make sense? Wow. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Because I'm, I'm rather spiritual. I might not come across it uh, like so, but not like massively down that track. Like I've never the only person I've kind of spoken in depth about it with to try and learn a little bit more is from me, mom. Mm. Um, and she's always been spiritual growing up, but it was kind of like a, Hey, I respect you. You respect me. You're not going to force it on me. I didn't really have any interest in it. I'm just kind of going to go do my thing. And then as growing up, I'm like, right, let's start understanding this a little bit more and, and have an open conversation rather than just be like, fuck this. I'm out. You know, this is really creepy. I'm going to, stay away from it because she's into the whole haunting houses and ghosts and talking to all that nonsense and she says shit and it comes true and it's it's actually really scary you know growing up as a kid she'll go out and be like 
it's like going to rain in half an hour. You're like, what, what are you on about, man? It's like, oh, I can smell the rain. And next thing you know, it's bucking it down in half an hour. I'm like, this is not okay. <laughs> she's a little witch. Yeah, yeah. She's West African, mate. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, born and grew up in Nigeria, like deep, deep West African will come out with some crazy ass shit. And you're like, where did you, where did you come up with this? She's like, oh, I dreamt about it. I was like, what do you mean you dreamt about it, woman? Like, come on. <laughs> Next thing you know, plans out exactly the plan. I'm like, I'm staying away from you. Like, this is crazy. No, I'm joking. Like, real, <laughs> real, real kill cool shit. But there's definitely, I think, so the world at the moment, right, we're going down the technology route. We're going down the science route. We have been doing for the past couple hundred years. Fantastic. The, the creation of this metaverse thing, right? I was like, yeah, brilliant great we can use it for good right we can use it for to help people and and innovate and all that shit but i i believe that if we go so far down like one way so left metaverse then we have to do the same on the other side right right we're always connected on the internet we're always hustling we're always working we're always doing all this anxiety goes through the roof stress goes through the roof great now we need to go the other side now we need to understand spirituality we need to understand wellness we need to understand presence we need to be able to hold the space for ourselves i think we have to push both yeah yeah there's a world where it's like yes we're in the metaverse we're in technology and we're also deeply spiritually connected and connected to nature and in the present moment there's there's a world where we can have both it's like the yin and the yang yes Yes. I don't think it's a, a conversation of awe anymore. I think it's a conversation of and. I think, exactly. you know, I'm not a big fan of definitions in a sense of like, oh, I'm yeah. a man. I have to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like blonde. I have to do this. I'm from Manchester. I have to do this. It's like, no, no, no. no. Why, why are we placing ourselves in these tiny ass boxes and be like, this will, this is, this is your kind of destiny. This is your potential. I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I think, we should just discard that and be like, Hey, this is an organic shell that I'm in. All right. I'm trying to understand what the thing is that I'm, I'm in, right. Understand my body a bit more, understand the spirit a bit more, understand how my psychology works a little bit more. Everybody does that. And then you can free yourself from these boundaries that are either placed upon yourself from, from you or from other people. Yeah. And I think this goes like, it's the definition. I think this goes back to like, it's interesting, like trying to find yourself when there's like definitions of certain things, like to be spiritual, all of a sudden, I think it's becoming less and less like taboo, but like to be spiritual meant like you're like into like crystals, you're talking to ghosts, you're into astrology, like um it like and it had to look a certain way yeah 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 but like you're saying you're like i i know i i'm spiritual but i don't look spiritual or i don't act spiritual and it's like what does that even mean yeah 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 you get to decide what that means for you and i think that's just part of growing up is recognizing you know like there's definitions for everything but at the end of the day you always have to come back to yourself and you ask yourself what feels good for you. I'm spiritual, but I don't wear crystals, you know? Like it could be it, you can you get to decide and I think there's so much power that comes through when you start to realize that. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's the law of individuality. Yes. You know, just 
do your thing live and let live if you get something from it fantastic high five keep doing it if you don't fantastic high five don't do it like <laughs> you know just yeah. do your shit man like figure out just who you are and don't forget it be you just be you and it's 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 a hard thing when you're a little kid and you're growing up and you're being told all these different ways to show up and be and do in the world um it's hard to break away from that to actually ask yourself okay what is true for me um, yeah. i think once you've found it for yourself you can look at everyone else and just so easily be like just be you just be you it's like it's so much fun but as you're actually going through the process of finding out who you are it's it's kind of hard yeah and i don't think that process ever stops you know like i think we're different every day yeah every like, minute every yeah. Day. <laughs> <laughs> it is like manic person just bouncing off the walls you're like oh dear we started something here. Like, so cool. yeah, we've created these like so small niches, right? Where, or you call it a niche, don't you? Yeah, niche, niche. I don't think there's a proper way. I don't fucking know. English is hard, man. It's my first language and I still not mastered it. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, not the greatest in skill. But anyway, we've got, we've got these like small little boxes that we place everybody in. Yes. Um, you know, you've got operations of logistics for a semi, whatever, and your, your job title is like two pages long and all you do is like input data into a computer, right? And sit on your ass for 10 hours a day. And you're like, wait, hold on a minute. Human beings, right? We're everything and nothing at the same time. You know, everything that makes up the universe makes up us. So we are everything, but also nothing at the same time. Yeah. Right. But then we have to do this one specific role for like the rest of your living experience. I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I was like, life is long, man. You know, you can live a hundred different lives doing a hundred different things and still have time at the end of it to be like, whoo, well, what do I do now? It's so true. Mm. It's so true. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to just stick with one thing. It's like when you start feeling that call or that itch, that's your soul, that's your heart knocking at you to expand and to, to do something different. And I'm sure that you have listeners that haven't actually made that move yeah, yeah, yeah. out of their hometown yet and are just curious. And somehow like the universe lines things up for you in the most beautiful way when you step out of what's comfortable and do what's like knocking inside of you. Yeah. Honestly, I say go by feel. <clears throat> I'm a bit biased because that's the way I live my entire life. Right. Go by feel. If I don't feel like doing something, I won't end up doing it. Right. Yeah. There's, there's devil's advocate. Right. But I say like my heart is on my sleeve. I'm always going to tell you the truth. I want the truth back. Like I'm going to love everything, but also like, you know, if I wake up one day and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just feel like I don't want to do this anymore. Then I will no longer do it. I'll disappear. Right. And I'll go do something else. So you've always been like that. Uh, to an extent, kind of. <clears throat> I've always like, I've always been a, an extremely emotional person. Mm -hmm. uh, like I don't feel something and be like great let's move on I'll like 
like deeply feel it. It will physically cripple me or it will physically light me up and make, make me fly. Right. Like I get the, the whole extremes of, of this human experience, which is like, can be incredible. It's like heaven on earth. And then also it's like, right. I want to stop playing this game now. Like this is getting a bit silly. Um, <clears throat> so I've always been like that, but never understood, you know, like, back in the day like mental health wasn't really a thing or it was a thing but it wasn't this term that we understand it to be you know yeah. um growing up with just me mom like you grow up in an environment where you've kind of got to be something you've got to grow up early you know you've got to develop rather quickly um very hostile a lot of fighting you know so again you like adapt roles right you start playing roles and wear these masks and put on these cloaks and all that type of shit and honestly it, it it took me leaving and sitting in a place of peace, which is over here. Like, I didn't know what peace felt like. I was always in fear or, or whatever, or dealing with these things. And I sat <clears throat> literally in New Zealand in the middle of buttfuck nowhere on a rock, like no cell reception. No one knew where I was. I was living in my car. I was like, just disappeared. And I deleted everything from my phone. And I was like, just kind of like thinking things and figuring it out, writing it down, you know? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, what, what, do I, what am I doing? You know, who am I? What am I doing? And it, it took a while, took a long time, but you end up getting to the stage where, okay, like, have I always gone by what I felt? Yeah. Mm. There's been times when, like, hereditary-wise, there's depression in the family, 110%. Everybody is, like, has been or is suicidal right mm -hmm. so it's like okay cool that's a card that i've been placed in my hand at the start no problem also had a lot of concussions okay that doesn't help right and then environmental um again that doesn't help i'm like okay cool let's 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 figure this out however something that i've come up ac across is if i can't put my finger on why if it's not just the waves just like troughing a little bit right and i get sunk down i get sink sinking down and i'm like oh, i'm feeling really shit like regularly oh my god my body starts hurting i start getting some physical signs and i'm like oh, fuck, what what's going on here usually it's because i'm not listening to how i feel yes like yes. Every, every time i've stayed in a relationship too long i'm staying in a job that i don't i shouldn't be in i'm in a physical environment that i shouldn't be in right. i'm doing something i shouldn't be doing like whatever it is right i get depressed like real bad yeah and then you start thinking those things are like what you know you what am i doing okay it's that one i get rid of that one next thing you know like the cloud covers you're like oh, okay i'm listening all right i've got you let's carry on yeah it's interesting what you're saying so like two things are coming up one is like you get physical symptoms and i think this is something that's so important that more people need to be aware of yeah. is a lot of the time our body is communicating to us before our mind is. Yep. So oftentimes I have my clients tune into their bodies and feel their bodies because it's like your body's letting you know if this is for you or if it's not for you. If you're feeling like tight or heavy or any of those uncomfortable feelings, it's a no, it is not for you. If you're feeling light, expansive, open-hearted, then it's a yes. And it's like our emotion, it's like so simple when you can actually get this, but like our emotions are 
the compass to life. Fuck yeah, they are. <laughs> like you, and if you actually follow through with them, like you use the word magic. I love the word magic too. Yeah. Magic happens yeah, everywhere. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's amazing. You've literally just proved my entire reason for the podcast right so i just want to say good night vienna thank you very much you know give you a little bit of a high five peace out motherfuckers you know like it is 100 like it's no longer these two separate entities right we do get physical symptoms and this is another reason why i'm like guys go fucking move your body i don't care how you do it you don't have to weight lift like me you don't have to bloody do whatever go go do something right so you start deciphering this code this communication channel that your body tells you and you understand it, right? It's like learning a different language. We can now order a coffee in Spanish. Like, great. Okay. I understand this, you know? Um, and then when things start, you know, going not to plan, you're like, okay, I got you motherfucker. I know what that means. Okay. No problem. I'll start looking after myself a little bit more. And like you said, it's magic. It really is. And like, when you can recognize like, specific physical symptoms show up at specific times. Like for me, my throat will get really tight when I'm about to like, obviously like use it, like even before getting on this podcast. And I know that that is because of a a young version of me that had so much anxiety about using, about using her voice. And so it's like, when you become aware of your physical body, you become aware, you become more aware of yourself and like what these things mean and how you can be, um, how you can be with yourself. Pause that for a second. Just want to say thank you. All right. You don't fucking have to do this shit. You can say whatever you want in front of me. I don't care. Like I'm no judgment, but you don't have to say anything. Right. Like do you right. Fucking say whatever. So I just want to say thank you for that. All right. Um, how did you free yourself from that then? I shake, by the way. I get real bad shaking. Like my voice goes all types of weird, right? It's like my balls drop or on a fucking yo-yo, right? It kind of goes up and down, up and down. I'm like, guys, I, I promise I've been through puberty, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and I, I shake like a shit in dark, man. Like it's, it gets real bad. But how did you free yourself from that the anxiety? Okay, so... What I would say, and this is what I do as like inner child healing work Mm. is as you sit with that feeling, it's being able to go into meditation and ask yourself, what is the earliest time that I remember feeling this way? Because anxiety is so crippling Mm. and it can feel so uncomfortable. And the more intense it is, the older that feeling is. Wow. So when you feel that you can sit with yourself as long as you need to, and just ask yourself, when is the earliest time I remember feeling this way? And perhaps a a memory of you comes up, or perhaps it's just sitting with the feeling alone and recognizing that that little one, it has nothing to do with your present day self. It has to do with your little self. That little self needs love validation to know that it's safe to know that it's heard and the thing about the subconscious mind is it doesn't know time so you can authentically be healing just by saying in your mind that you are giving love to this younger version of self wow 
Let's blow my mind a little bit. I know. Let's let's take a pause. Let's take that in. The subconscious knows no time. Fuck me. That's just sucker punched me in the throat. Okay. The way that I can try to like get people to um, ground this in of like this, the subconscious doesn't know time. So it's like, um, if, if you're playing in your mind that something is going to go wrong, your body starts reacting as if that thing is already happening right now. So it's like that thing's not even happening yet. Your body is responding to it. Yeah. Like I, I a hundred, a hundred percent get that. And, you know, attacking it from an experience point of view of always in fear, people trying to kick down your door, people always carrying knives, people always up for fights, grabbing a glass, ready to just fucking do you in for a bag of Skittles. You are locked up constantly, right? There is no free flowing. There is no relaxed state. It's I'm ready to like be in a fight where someone's going to pull a blade like 24 seven. And even when you sleep, it starts affecting you sleep wise because you're like, right, potentially I might have to wake up in 0.1 of a second and defend my fucking life. And um, it's, it's weird because you, you do, you do lock up, you become stiff. Yeah. Your body, your physical body responds as if it's happening right now. Yeah. 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 And talk about yeah. ongoing stress and PTSD. Right? Yes. Like it's, it's weird. Like, you know, we give, giving you some honesty, like I respect what you do and respect you. So I'm going to be honest. And like I said, heart's always on the sleep. Um, it was only when I came to peace, right? So I come to a place where nothing really happens and, you know, it's quite peaceful. It's what the world should be like. Um, did I understand that? Because I acted in the same way, right? Mm. So I'd hear a noise in the middle of the night. <clears throat> and the next thing you know, I wake up, I'm in the middle of the street in my boxers holding a knife. Wow. Like, Alex the fuck are you doing mm. i was like i heard something you know obviously having a conversation with myself i, was like, I, I heard something whether i did hear something i don't know whether it just subconsciously i don't know but in my reality in my perception like i did hear something i'm like there's no one crazy outside with a knife trying to get in you're the crazy person outside with the blade go fucking back inside all right go back to bed calm down mm. and it's only when that kind of manifested into like rather from the subconscious into the actual reality of, of this physical realm that we're like, we're, we're walking and talking in. I was like, wow. Okay. Motherfucker. Okay. You've been in there a while because you're clearly doing something, which is a little bit wacky, which you shouldn't be doing. All right. Well, we're going to have to go into that a little bit further. And I think, um, having the strength and the courage to like kind of sit in that space. Right. And my, my therapy is two ways. Um, <clears throat> I came up with a concept of uh, the arena in the cave. I think we need to be able to do both in the sense of you need to be irrational and emotionless and physical and just be like, ah, fuck this, ah, angry. And you need to go the other way, right. Where you're like still emotion 
yes. full, right? Thinking, thoughtful, feeling, hurting, all that type of stuff. You need to go both ways, right? And the last cool. one is the cave, and obviously the arena. We know what that is like the gladiators. So I've always trained, so that's that was always my out, outlook, and that was um, that was the arena. I'm like, right, my cave is writing. You know, I write poetry, kind of a little bit of philosophy, kind of whatever. I just kind of write some things down, stick a cover on it, send it out and be like, if you don't want it, don't pick it up. If you want it, pick it up. Great. Hope it helps. Um, and I need to sit in that space and just, and honestly, it, it, it came out in an entire book. Wow. 370-something pages. Um, it's a poem for every day of the year which kind of just like shows someone's mental state doing this um, for, a, for a whole year. And you can mm. see where they start and where they finish. And that's, that's number two. Um, but I just hope people hearing like this story, like we relate through stories, right? It's like, Hey, just gain some confidence and courage of like, you can do that, man. You know, you can draw, you can make sandcastles. You can, I don't know, do whatever you want to do. Right. Yogi, like play with some stones, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like I honestly go do your thing and it's okay for you to sit in that uh, cave and it's okay for you to, to go into that arena. Yeah. I love the duality. I love that there's a space for both where you can go inwards and then you can actually like be outwards and like more physical. We, there, there needs to be a space for, for both. Yeah, I think so. I really think so. Um, and me and me having a conversation with myself, I feel a lot more at home with that, going back to the, the home concept, because, um, you know, being in the gym, being around all this, you know, being around some not great human beings. Um, and it's like, oh, Alex, you're tough, like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess. But also, like, inside, I'm dying. Like, I feel right. like I'm fucking dying. Yeah. Um, and then I go the other side, right? And I related a lot to ladies. I had a really good relationship with just, like, I had a lot of good friends that were, were ladies and I had a good relationship with my mom for my entire life um, because I could probably feel what they were feeling, right? I could empathize with them. But even in that environment, I'm like, ah, but I don't feel at home because you have the inability to get up and, go like punch a wall or something metaphorically speaking mm -hmm. right and i'm like oh, i don't really get this i'm not at home in anyone and feeling a little bit lost and creating those polarized views really helped me and i'm like right okay yeah i am everything and nothing at the same time i'm alive and dead i don't know why my uh computer keeps changing screens can you see me yeah i can see you fine all right wicked yeah um you know i think being the poetic warrior you know i like history and Roman soldiers used to have time, paid time, to philosophize and sit on rocks and figure things out. And we've lost that. And I think it's, I think it's uh, sad, you know, like the connections you gain from people usually are these like wacky, full spirits that can do all these crazy shit with their body, but then also crazy shit with their mind and also can decipher the emotion. I'm like, that's the point, man. Yeah, yeah, it's the point to be able to do both. And this quote keeps coming up for me of like the when you're sitting with the inward and you're sitting with the emotions, 
um, my teachers, Drs. Ron and Mary Holmneck were like the pioneers of spiritual psychology. They say healing is the application of loving to the places inside us that are hurting. Wow. So it, it's, isn't that a beautiful quote? Can you say it again, please? Yes. <laughs> healing is the application of loving to the places inside us that are hurting. I, when I heard that, it was just like, oh, it just clicked. Like all we have to do is really sit with ourselves and, and love those places inside that are really hurting. And that is how we heal. That's gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think unconditional love is the strongest thing on the planet. It is. It, it, it could heal the world if we were more compassionate and more just unconditionally loving. The world I think um, this might sound a bit left field. It might rustle some feathers with some traditionalist. But okay. I think we've paired beauty and love too much with romance. Mm. Right? It's like something can be beautiful to you and you don't want to like fuck it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's, that's beautiful for that. That is like shining confidence, whether it's a fucking flower or a human being, it doesn't matter. Right. You're like, that's shining confidence. That is being passionate. That is doing exactly what they want to do. That is beautiful. I'm not going to like push them out of their path. I'm not going to get in the way. Like you're gravitated towards them in any way. It could be platonic, romantic, could be business. It could be just passing in the street of like, you're never going to see each other ever again. You're like that right there. I don't know what it is and I don't know why, but that's beautiful. And then also like loving something, right? You're like, fuck, whatever you're doing, I fucking love that right there. Mm. It's like, that doesn't mean you want to like stick a finger on its, uh, stick a ring on its forefinger and be like, okay, this is mine. I was like, no, you, you can love something and be like, and never see it again. Yes. Yes. The non-attachment where well, there's like this, there's this idea that like when we love something, we have to attach to it and it has to become mine, mm. but you, you can just love something mm. and think it's beautiful without it becoming yours. You know, you know, it's a real big one for me is, mm. um, like I said, I'm a super emotional dude and my heart's always on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like I pay attention to the mates that say, I love you too. When I say I love them, mm. I pay attention. Yeah. Right. Cause I got two brothers that aren't related, you know, if, yeah. if that makes sense. And they are the fucking reason why my heart beats. Right. And we always yeah. end the phone call. Like love you, man. See you later. I love you, yeah. boy. See you later. Whatever it is. Right. So yeah. oh, I love you too, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm like, great. That is a, before anything else, you know, talk about Bay. That's my fucking brothers, right? Yeah. And it's funny, you're like, oh, I fucking love you, man. And you just, you wait. And it's radio silence. You're like, okay, no problem. Like, <laughs> I, know, I know where you're at. No problem. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. So you being a really emotional man, what is that like? Um, Because as women, you know, 
like our emotions are encouraged to talk about and speak about since we're a little kid. So yeah. as a man that has always been super emotional, that must have been like hard as a kid. And even still. Yeah. Um, now I've got to the place where um, I don't give a fuck. You know, <laughs> yes. I'm going to I'm going to be myself. And if you don't like it, you can you can go fuck yourself like whatever. I'm still going to do me. Um, but as a kid, I love talking about this because I like talking to younger lads about it because I, you know, I was a younger lad and I understand what they're feeling. Um, it's real hard like real fucking hard because everything subconsciously and consciously tells you to shut the fuck up. Like everything is like, we don't care. Just, we want to see the output. We want to see this stern expression, right? Even down to, um, you know, action figures. They're always yoked. They've always got a six or an eight pack, right? They've always been in the military. You go to, um, um, Superheroes, again, they're always yoked. Like, yeah, okay, they, they, the actors get yoked for it. Whether they do that with aid or not is completely up to them. It's a role. Like, it's that's not illegal, do you think? But then they also obviously pad out their fucking costume to, to create this, this role, and that's what it needs to be for the story. But that's also what you're showing to a kid, you know? We like to communicate the narrative now these days for ladies right it was like oh you know the did it stem from the me too movement i believe or something like that where it's like love yourself and all that i'm all about it do your thing again live and let live the reason the way i live my life and i'm like great we go really far down that avenue and help so many women and i think this is incredible but then when we turn the coin over and acknowledge the other side there is no acknowledgement right we're like nah fuck off it's a man we don't care i was like oh okay great so every coin has two heads and no tails okay that makes a lot of sense appreciate that like you know we'll just go carry on doing our thing then you know and it's it's difficult um i take the responsibility on myself and i encourage other people to take the responsibility on themselves in the sense of if you come to terms with that and you do whatever you need to do to keep your head above the water, then it shouldn't matter what other people say, right? If say, for example, I'm in a relationship and that's the one thing that will notoriously screw me over because it's the highest level of vulnerability a dude can be in is with a, with a partner, right? Whether it's with another dude or a, a lady, it doesn't matter. Um, and they're like, ah, oh, like, I don't like all this emotion. I'm going to leave. Okay. Like, I wish you peace and happiness, man. Like, good luck. Like, the back in the day, it screwed me up. Um, you know, I, was, I had a high school sweetheart for seven years. And, like, I say I won't change for anybody. We all adapt. But I'm not going to like change my moral compass or change exactly who I am for someone um, because I was a hundred percent willing to do so right back, back in the day when that kind of went up shit's Creek and you feel like a piece of shit. And I'm like, I am never going to do that shit again. Yes. There's yeah. like, I'm sorry, man, but like 
like it goes back to unconditional love. I'm going to fucking love you and respect you for who the fuck you are. And if that does not marry up with me, pardon the pun, then that is fine, man. Go write your story and I want to be able to read it one day. Yeah. But it's hard. It's a hard place to get there. Like, I think but being I, nomadic has helped that. Yeah. And I think it's just a really important thing for, for people to hear of like, it's at the end of the day, it's like, just be you and the right people will end up staying in your life. And mm. the wrong people will end up fading or falling away. And, and it feels uncomfortable at first, but it's more uncomfortable to keep up a mask or an armor of who you're being for everyone else than it is to just be yourself. And eventually you'll, you're, you'll find your people. You'll, you'll get the support that you need. Yeah. Like it's going to cut a bit close to the bone, but I think that's why we have such a high suicide rate in men. Yes. Yeah. Like you think men are emotionless. No, no, no. That's the narrative like that we all want to read. Right. It's like, that's bullshit, dude. Like they just don't know how to communicate, uh, communicate. Right. Like, and we're, we're playing this role, playing this mask. Um, and you can only ever do it for so long. Mm-hmm. It's a ticking time clock. You know, it's this like sand time and then you turn it over. It's like, it's going to take ages, but eventually you're going to run out of that willpower and, and you're going to be doing your thing. And honestly, sounds real fucked up, but I think um, having a pretty rocky mental state actually saved my life mm. because there's been many occasions where I'm like, going to end myself mm-hmm. like and at the edge of a cliff one foot is off you know knife to the throat like take a seatbelt off at 150 mile an hour type type shit like that right um and i know that and i can get there very quickly like mm-hmm. if i go do a factory job that i feel like i'm not you know i'm just like a piece of meat just taking one thing from the other i'm hired muscle right yeah i'm like 10 minutes away to finding a sharp object i can spiral real quickly like there's some things i've got to do like religiously every day to keep me good right yes and like as a preventative measure rather than a reactive one and because of that now i live my true self Mm -hmm. to to look after me and like you know i always say don't talk to me on sundays because like (laughs) I, not because it's like it's God's day and I go to mass or whatever or church. I'm like, no, no, I dick off in the middle of nowhere in nature. I write a significant amount of stuff. I drink a copious amounts of coffee and I just kind of like sit, you know, and, and reconnect. Yeah. You, you know what you need now to fill up your cup. And I love what you said of like the, instability of like your mental health actually saved your life Mm. I think that's such an important thing for people to hear I have this theory that like the brightest lights like the people that are the most illuminated are the ones that have gone through the deepest darkest shit have been have been through the depths of hell fucking love you for saying that it's because every person I've met that like radiates and beams when I hear their story, I'm like, you beam because you went through the depths of hell and you know what it's like just to appreciate feeling content. 
So probably because I've like not given a fuck and just stopped talking about it. Um, a lot of people come up to me, right? And a lot of, uh, like I've coached in gyms for 11 years. So I've seen fucking thousands of people walk through the doors, right? And a lot of people, we have conversations over coffee or after class or whatever, and we just have chat, chat some shit. And they open up to me about this type of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you do realize you have gone to the depths of hell and looked your reaper in the goddamn eyes. You know what color your reaper's eyes are, right? You've looked them in the fucking eyes and told it yep. to go fuck itself yeah, and turn around and walk back out the same door. People don't go out of that. Once you're in that door, you don't come out, man. And you've walked out of that door. You've climbed all the way back up. And now you're walking this earth again. I was like, that is the most badass motherfucker on the planet. Yes, I have chills when you say that. It's true. Like, that is. I, I wish people could see themselves through my eyes. I always think about that. Oh, man. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> Don't do that to me. I do because ugh, if people could just see how amazing they are, they, they, would, they would know peace inside of themselves. And uh, when you're in that moment of like the depth of hell, you can't see, like, it's so hard to mm -hmm. see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but there is, there always is. So I wrote, I used to burn and throw away my, my kind of writings, poetry and whatever you want to call it before I ended up making a, a book. That was my brother's fault. You can blame him for that. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely do. Um, but one of them was like, I kind of liked uh, imagery, right? I like it when it sparks people's imagination. And one of them is like, you're sat in a dark room. I can't remember the poem, but the, the idea was you're sat in a dark room and you can't see anything because it's dark, right? And you're just like, you're all alone, you're lost. There's no point, blah, blah, blah. But what you don't realize is there's fucking millions of other people sat in that dark room with you. But because it's so dark, you can't see someone sat next to you. Mm. You turn the light on, there is so many people around just sat in the same position, doing the same thing, like thinking okay. the same thing. Right. And you're yes. like, turn the light on. You're like, what? How did you motherfuckers get here? I was like, yes. what are you all here too? I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been here for like 20 years. What have you been doing there? He's like, oh, I've been the same. It's like, look, man, you are not alone. And that's, oh, I, I wish I had a, like my, my book on the fucking thing. The, the, the first page, you open up the first page, like the front cover, and it says, you're not alone. Yes. Okay. So it's so crazy. Right before this call, I, I pull Oracle cards for anyone who doesn't know. It's, they're, they're cards that like you ask the deck for a message and the universe or spirit sends a message. So right before we hopped on this call, I said, what's the message that like this audience needs to hear right now? And it's all about support. It's all about knowing that you are protected, that you're always deeply supported. And a lot of breath. I feel like this needs to be said. It's going to fuck me up. Um, you're being called to open to receiving a new level of support. Now from those in your life and from those beings that you're connected with. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's asking how can you open yourself up to receiving more support and I love that imagery of being in a dark room 
and there's all this support surrounding you because I think when you're in your darkest of places, you forget and you can't see that there's support everywhere. And even like for me and um, for nomads, there's very lonely points. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Fuck me, yeah. And so I kind of just got out of a, a lonely point, but it was kind of a choice. It was like, I need to go be in nature for a while. And then this morning I was meditating. I, I wrote in my journal, I'm calling in new friendships. Like mm. I'm calling in people, I'm calling in support. And just right before this call, this is my first day in Sacred Valley. So I don't know anyone. Um, I was walking back from breakfast to my Airbnb and some girl, I see these two girls and I'm like, those girls are cool. Like I want to be their friend. And I was like, but making friends as an adult is such a weird concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the girls yells out to me. She goes, I, I know you. And I was like, what? And she's like, I know you. I follow you. Oh. I follow you on social media. And it turns out that she had met one of my best friends in a breathwork class. So she started following me on Instagram. And now we're going to Machu Picchu together on Saturday. And so it goes back to support. Like you're never really alone. And sometimes you just have to set the intention and ask the universe, even though it sounds a little bit woo woo for some people that are listening, ask the universe, surrender, say, I need support. I can't do this alone. And angels will show up. They always do. I believe in God and angels. Yes, I do too. So um, I was like, during my nomadic trip right like basically i got fired twice within the space of a week um and i was like you know what fuck this i'm on the other side of the world i don't know what i'm doing i packed my bag in like 10 minutes and got in my car and went that way i drove like 2000 k's i pretty much drove from i drove from auckland to queenstown and back if anyone knows where that is but it's 2000 k's um and I was on the way to Queenstown and I was nearly there. Right. And I was like, these winding ass roads going up and down the hills. Um, and my car's a bit of a shit box. Right. So I've got to rag it to get up this hill. Right. I need a boat foot to the floor to get to the top of this hill. And I remember um, going around there's like some steep ass hill. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to put my foot down here. And I had my arm around the uh, um, passenger seat. No one's there. I'm just me. You know, I had my arm around the passenger seat. And for some reason, I had a feeling. I said, I'm just going to cruise up this one. You know, real slow because my car's a shitbox. So it was pretty much crawling up this bloody hill. It was kind of comical. It's just cruising, you know, kind of getting on by, taking on the scenery. Like, I just had a feeling. Like, And again, I go by feeling. So I was just cruising up this thing. And the next thing, you know, I saw this car come whizzing around the corner and comes into my lane, like just misses the barricade. And like just misses the front as he like then turns back onto his uh, lane. And I'm like, if I ragged it up this hill, like I have gone for every other hill in the entire country, because my car is fucking bobbins, he would have smashed into the side of me. We both would have gone off the cliff and we both would have been dead. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Explain that one. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah, that's those moments. It's like there's something. There's got to be something. It's got to be because, because it's too perfect. It's got to be like he just missed me. 
and it would have been in exactly the right time. I would have been turning the corner. He'd have hit me in the side. Would have gone flying. I'd have probably died off impact. He was going that quick, but like, something wants you to be alive. You have a purpose here. Maybe. You know? Maybe. That's what I believe. Drink, drink all the coffee. <laughs> drink all the coffee. Write some things down. Pet all the cats. Yes. Yeah. Pet Just more cats. Children. Yeah. Pet more cats. <laughs> I got that. That's that's my life, kind of, in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm gonna be that dude. I'm just gonna get a little bit of land somewhere, like just some tiny home, and I'm gonna get yeah. a shitload of animals. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's something that feels so good about just living simply, and for like those little moments, like you're saying, like just look, pet the cats, drink the coffee, like just that's what life is about. It doesn't need to be like this huge thing. It's really about those little, little moments. And when you can have more gratitude for those little moments, everything starts to shift. Well, totally. Yeah. Your whole, like, you, I, I think you're looking after your spirit at that point. Exactly. You know, rather than just your physical health or just your mental health or just your financial health, right? Like, it's like, no, no, no. You're looking after your spirit now and like, who you actually yeah. are, you you're giving yourself a, a little bit of a hug. Exactly. Yeah. So I got three questions. Okay. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Um do what you love and the money will come. Mm. Just do what you love. I like that. Just keep doing what you love. And like what we were talking about earlier, like our emotions are a compass. So just keep following the compass of what makes you happy. Our emotions are the compass. I fucking love that so much. I'm going to be quoting you. <laughs> um, what's the worst piece of life advice you ever received? <sighs> so hold on. Let me sit with this. It's something along the lines of, I was diagnosed with a learning disability as a kid. And like, I don't know if this is advice or more just like the society. Like, it doesn't make sense that a little kid should be sitting in a class for eight hours a day. Mm. Um, so, um, that I was gonna have to like, get good grades in, in math and science and shit that I'm never using. <laughs> get good grades. I love that. <laughs> get good grades. That's the bad advice. Wow. Once I stopped caring about grades, I started like actually living my life. Mm. That's <laughs> true though, right? Like you learn everything they want you to know. And then once you kind of graduate and get the fuck out of there, like you learn what you want to know exactly and it's way more fun way more but fun. i don't know i don't, I don't want to like encourage kids to drop out of school but like maybe it's like just don't be so hard on yourself like grades aren't that important you're gonna be mm. fine you're gonna figure it out mm. and if they do drop out of school i'm gonna i'm gonna blame you it's not me it's you <laughs> it's, okay good. you're gonna get a lot of angry letters sent to peru I mean, like, know. you know <laughs> oh, God. it's not my fault Blame, blame. Um, well, three words you tell your younger self. You are brilliant. Mm. 
I say that to myself every day, my little self, because she felt like she was so dumb and didn't belong. And now I make sure to let her know she is fucking brilliant. She is so brilliant. <laughs> ah, it's gonna fuck me up. <laughs> I uh, think we should all tell our little self that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, everything you do, and for yourself. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. This was um, so much fun. If anyone wants to um, connect with me, I have a free inner child healing class. Wow. So go to my Instagram, mindful Mishi, spelled M-I-C-H-Y. And there's a free inner child healing class. So if you're someone that struggles with connecting with little you, it could be super helpful. Thank little you. you. Little you, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Thank well, you, Alex. This was so much fun. If you're ever dicking around the bottom right-hand corner of the world again, let me know. We'll uh, grab a coffee and just shoot some shit again. Yes, sounds good. And let me uh, know when you make it to Peru. I will. I will. If you're still there, you'll probably be like, oh, I'm in Nepal on Everest. I'm like, what the probably. fuck are you doing there? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I had a dream. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll uh, I'll talk soon. Yeah. Talk soon. Bye. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thanks,